Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning, God, where we can come and celebrate the fact, God, that you rose again from the grave. God, and you rose up to save us. God, we're so thankful for this morning for the price you paid for us. We're so thankful, God, for all that you've done. We pray that you'd speak to us through your word this morning. God, have your way in our hearts. God, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God are all we need, and we need each desperately. We need each desperately. Amen. In John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, the Scripture said, a man named Lazarus was sick. When we were out in California a few months ago, and I was out on the playground with the girls, a bunch of the girls, the neighborhood girls, all got together in a circle, and they sang together, ring around the roses, pocket full of posies, ashes to ashes, we all fall down. And they did it several times. And I, I sat there and watched that, and I thought, I wonder if I should go over there and let them have some background to that song. In the 1600s, the Black Plague hit Europe, particularly it hit London. London endured great hardship from the Black Plague. It was called the Black Plague because it put these black splotches on people's bodies and their fever and their illness. And it just, uh, before it was all said and done, uh, 70,000 people died in London alone. Now, the doctors believed that the Black Plague was caused by the polluted air. And they came up with a remedy. They came up with a cure for the Black Plague. And that was they would take the victims or the people that were ill, they would take them to a rose garden and they would literally uh, put their hands together in a circle and they would stand around roses and breathe in the air believing that the air, that the roses or the smell that, that combined with the air would emit would drive away the polluted air that was in their bodies, which was making them ill. Now, for those who weren't able to go to the rose garden, uh, the, 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 the doctors would put uh, posies or rose petals in their pockets, and they would go to their houses and on their bed, they would sprinkle the petals around the, the ill uh, people. The, the, and, and hopefully they would breathe in. For those who were most ill and on their deathbed for sure, they would take those rose petals in the room and they would sit off the room and they would burn those, those rose petals, believing that the ashes, the smoke that was caused by the ashes, would enter their bodies and would provide for them relief from the polluted air. A man that would push bodies to the cemetery on the death cart was overheard singing, ring around the rosies, a pocket full of posies, ashes to ashes, we all fall down. They had the wrong cure. It wasn't the polluted air that was causing the Black Plague. 
It was rats and the fleas that were biting the rats. And throughout the Black Plague, the wrong cure was believed in, was trusted in, and you had all that death. Today, there's the wrong cure of death believed in in our world. Today, people believe their image of God is the right cure. Whatever anyone's image of God is, that's the right cure. There are many ways to God. It doesn't matter what you believe in, as long as you believe, you're okay. That's the wrong cure. Today, people believe the cure for death is being more good than bad. And if you can be more good in your life than be bad, then the scales hopefully will weigh in your favor. And when death comes, there will be more good than bad in your life. And perhaps you will find grace at that point, or you'll find your pathway to heaven. The Buddhists believe that. That's one of their main anchors of it. The anchor of more good than bad. It's a horrible burden on people. The cure for death is not being religious. And many, 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 I would have to say most people in the world believe that the cure for death is being religious. Nope. The Bible clearly says that the cure for death is Jesus. And that's what we're going to discover today in the story. John chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured out the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it has happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'll go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe, come, let's go see him. And so already we see that the death of Lazarus, the illness of Lazarus was for the glory of God. And now Jesus tells his disciples, it's for your benefit that we go to Judea, that we go and, and uh, for your sakes, he's dead, because now you will really believe. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. 
When Jesus arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. He was dead, dead. No question about it. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. 33 says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing, with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the, at the tomb. I believe that Jesus is angry at death. He's not angry at Mary. He's not angry at the mourners. He's not angry at these people that said, well, he healed a blind man. Could he have kept Lazarus from dying? He's angry at death. He's angry at death. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. If you look at the King James for verse 39, it says, he stinketh. The smell will be terrible. He stinketh. Four days in that tomb. Let's don't roll the stone away. The smell would be beyond bearable. It, we just, there's no way how embarrassing that will be if all these people smell our dead brother. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? 
God's glory again. One thing we know for sure, when people believe, they see God's glory. One thing we know from this scripture, that when people believe, God is glorified. When we believe, God receives honor and praise. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Once again, it's about belief. Jesus did not go immediately to Bethany to deal with Lazarus because he wanted all to believe. Obviously, Jesus understands the greatest thing is when people believe in him. The cure for death is when people believe in him. It's not being better. It's not religion. It's not developing man's own view of who God is. It's believing in Him. And so Jesus waited. So there'd be no question that Lazarus is dead. So there'd be no question that Jesus resurrected Lazarus. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! Oh my. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. We see here in this story, in the two verses found in 25 and 26, a crucial conversation. Jesus part of this crucial conversation with Martha. Martha understood. Martha acknowledged. Martha recognized that her brother would rise again. It would be the resurrection of everyone on the last day. Jesus tells her, first of all, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Look how personal that is. He doesn't say, I'll bring the resurrection and life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. In the presence of Jesus, death is no longer death. It is something else. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Death has now lost its sting because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And the grave has lost its victory. So Jesus says to Martha, Martha, you've got to understand this. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. It's not, it's not coming. It's not based on a set of rules. It's not based on a set of understandings or awarenesses. It's personal. I am the resurrection in the life. And then he says that he is the answer to death for all of us. He goes on to say, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. 
Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus says, I'm the cure of death. I'm the answer to the death question. Everyone wonders about death. Everyone wonders, is there life after death? Everyone is concerned about that moment. It's something none of us have experienced for ourselves. We've experienced with our loved ones. We've wondered about it. We've had all these uh, possibilities, you know, flow through our minds. But Jesus clearly says all the different cures that people come up with as the cure for death are all false. I am the resurrection and the life. Even if you die, you live. Those are, some, those are some powerful words. You can live even though you die. And then he says, he is a victor over death for all time. He says in verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Billy Graham died a few weeks ago, didn't he? And his quote was said over and over and over. You will hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe it for a moment. I've only just changed my address. That's what Jesus is saying here. Everyone who lives in me. So that's the key. Do you live in him? And believes in me will never, ever die. And then he says to Martha, real personal here, do you believe this, Martha? That's the question. Truth always demands an answer. Easter, Sunday morning, 2018, what does this day mean to you? What does this day mean to you? Do you believe this? Let me ask you some questions. Jesus asked Martha a question. Martha, do you believe this? What does he ask her? Do you believe I'm the resurrection of life? Do you believe that, that even though you die, you will live? Do you believe that everyone who lives in me will never, ever die? Martha, do you believe this? She went on to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come to save the world. So let me ask you some questions. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? who came from heaven to live on this earth 2,000 years ago. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe that when He died on the cross, He died in your place? Do you believe that He died in your place bearing your punishment and paying for your sins? Do you believe that on Easter Sunday morning, He literally, physically, bodily rose from the dead never to die again? Do you believe that Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? 
Do you believe that Jesus is truly the resurrection and the life and that He is able to remove the fear of death from all those who trust Him? Now, are you willing to stake your life on the answers to those five questions? Do you believe? He said to Martha, Martha, do you believe this? And I believe the Lord Jesus is saying to us today, do you believe this? Do you believe? Do you believe? I wonder, do you believe? Are you willing to acknowledge Him and stand and say, I believe. I want you to know that with all my heart, I am willing to stake my life on it. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Do you believe? Do you believe? Are you willing to say, I believe? I believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you are believing for the first time today? How many of you are believing for the first time today? Raise your hand. This is the first time you've ever stood and said, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the resurrection of life. I believe that even if I die, I live. I believe that He paid the price of my sin on the cross. How many believe that for the first time today? How many believe for the first time? Raise your hand if you believe for the first time. Dear Lord, we answer before Your presence on this Easter Sunday morning. We believe that you're the resurrection and the life. We believe that even though we die, we will live. We believe, Lord, that you are the cure of death. And we stand before you unashamed, believing that you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah. Lord, today, receive this worship of the acknowledgement of belief. Lord, Your Word here says that when God's people believe, You are glorified. Lord, You are glorified. We acknowledge You. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Ushers, come forward.